Well, hey, friends, welcome back to the Right Setup Leadership Podcast from our team at Stay Forth Designs. We hope that you're having a fruitful week. And as we start to look ahead towards the fall, Alan and I wanted to come together with one of my personal favorite formats of our podcast. We we have a lot of wonderful conversations throughout the year, a lot of practical conversations. We talk to some very interesting guests. And one of my favorite things is when we put together our favorite highlights, because we know that not all of you have time to listen to every episode all the way through. So we figure what a better way to add more value by giving you some of our favorite moments. So Alan, what do we got going on today? Oh man, this is, this is the sizzle reel. I mean, these are so good. And first of all, it's tough for us to choose. I get five choices, right? And then in the next episode, you get five choices. That's tough, man. But um, what I want to say is that we have had some incredible guests, incredible leaders, timely content. And yet some of these, I think have been extra uh, timeless in the fact that there are principles buried in here that are always going to be helpful. And so that's kind of what I'm going at in terms of choosing was, is it both timely to this moment in the season? And is it timeless? But I'm just grateful for the kind of leaders that come onto our podcast to shape folks. If there's somebody that you say, oh man, this message, I need to hear more. Hopefully this sample um, that will nourish you in and of itself in this episode, you can go back and listen to. So we'll refer to the episode number. You can always go back, um, check out our show notes, but um, we don't want you to forget some of the amazing leaders that we've had on the podcast and frankly, we'll come back on. So it was tough. It really was tough choosing as always, but uh, really excited to uh, string these together and for you guys to hear um, some of our recent highlights. Yeah. So Alan, you said something really cool and we'll jump in. One of the things we talk about is looking back to look ahead. And a lot of these episodes are great to look back on because we can find principles that will then allow us to pre- prepare for where we're heading in the coming months. So I want to hear your picks. It was five. It was really hard. So why don't you go ahead and take it away and lead us off and dig into your five picks and why you picked them. In no particular order, but first we're going to kick it off with Todd Bolsinger. This is episode 171. Todd wrote the book, Tempered Resilience. He also wrote the book, Canoeing the Mountains. And I feel like Todd is for this moment. He's a leader that God has prepared for a moment of change and for seasons of chaos and turnover, people are calling it the great resignation in this season. People have also referred to COVID as the great revealer. He talks about COVID revealing our leadership, revealing some of the gaps, that things we haven't thought about. That's been true for me. It's been true for so many of the leaders that I coach. And he also talks about sort of some of our grid for choosing what we're going to say yes to and no to. I would highly encourage you to go back and listen to the whole episode, but here's an amazing snippet from Todd Bolsinger. Well, this is, so, so we're talking about this, like what, nine, 10 months into COVID, right? And one of the parts about the pandemic that's become really clear is, as I think the pandemic has been revealing, uh, it's, it's, it's apocalyptic in the sense that it reveals what's going on. It's not, it's the challenge isn't so much, COVID. The challenge is that COVID reveals everything that's already been going on in our churches. And yeah. so it's brought them up to the surface, kind of like the underlying conditions of a human body that is more susceptible to COVID. You know, like you already had heart disease, you already had diabetes, you were already obese. Those things make it more dangerous. I think what we're finding is the church is becoming really aware that we have these underlying issues that have been going on for a while that now we're having to confront in a rapidly changing world. 
And that we need to do is confront those things. We need to look at those underlying issues, those bigger challenges, so that we can participate in God's mission to the world. That's the point. The point is the church being more and more um, equipped and able and relevant to a changing world. Um, I, I, I had an experience I tell in the book where a group of Silicon Valley uh, tech people looked at me and said, nobody cares about your institution. Nobody cares about our companies. Nobody cares about your organization. Nobody cares about your congregation. They only care that your organization cares about them. Wow. No, nobody cares that your congregation survives this. They only care that your congregation cares about whether they survive it. They care about you. You've got to care about them, which means that what we have to do is be aware that our default, the default action of most leaders is to try to change our congregations, say if we're pastors, for the sake of our members. Mm. And what we actually have to come to grips with is we have to change the life of all of us as members for the sake of our mission in the world. And that's way harder because we have begun to become conditioned to believe that the reason why we became pastors of this church is to keep this church alive and going and thriving and connecting. And it's actually to keep this church real and relevant and vibrant and alive and a witness to the world around us. Man, I'm with you. I love that one. And if you started with Todd Bolsinger, I can't wait to hear what's next. So what's next? All right. Well, the next Three clips, actually, are going to be coming to us from our Ladies Only series. We went through a series. We heard from some incredible female leaders. This one is from Emily Lay. Now, she is all things entrepreneur. She's had incredible success. She's simplifying her own life. And here in episode 184, she talks about this reality that we know is true. You can't do it all. She talks about the 80-20 rule. She talks about the challenges and the joys of new seasons, of having kids and wanting to travel, wanting to do all the things and realizing actually the strength is in clarifying so that we can move forward. We can take our next steps. And she actually talks about in the rest of the episode, how so much of the magic and the genius and really just the way that they're serving clients with her and her company has come from having to clarify based on the limits of the season and actually seeing incredible success out of that. Here's where it started. This conversation with Emily Lay from episode 184. The question, we talk a lot about burnout here. So I have to ask, have you ever burned out or at least gotten close? Well, how long do you have? <laughs> In um, the next eight hours, please tell us about your burnout or close to burnout story. Okay. I do. Um, I have a couple of times. I'm I'm a little bit of an extremist. So if I love something. I love it with like my whole heart, my whole body, my whole, all my time. I just want to give all of me to it. And I, I found myself early on when my company was just a baby. I had this baby, actual baby on my hip. I had this other business baby on the other hip and I wanted to give all of me to both sides. And I was so overwhelmed and burned out with all of life because social media was telling me every other woman was doing it perfectly and easily without a hair out of place. Um, the simplified planner was born out of that kind of a mess. So burnout has been something I've learned to use to my advantage a little bit. And like, okay, this is like the ultimate mess. What do we do with it? But over the years, as we've added children and my husband's also an entrepreneur, I just added layers upon layers. It's been harder to dig out of that burnout. 
in 2017, I had um, just released my first book. I was writing my second book and I had a, I had a resume that was enviable. I mean, our, our planners are being sold in over 800 stores around the world. And I had said yes to everything in the name of growing my company, because that's how you do it, right? You grow, you, you say yes to revenue, you say yes to commitments. Every opportunity is a good opportunity. And I had said yes to so many things that that year I was managing a multi-million dollar company. I was on 48 airplanes with uh, toddler twins at home and a five-year-old and everything else that needed my attention. And long story short, uh, one night we put our twins and, to bed and put our oldest to bed. And I just collapsed onto the bed in our bedroom crying. And my husband said, what's going on? <laughs> what's <laughs> wrong? You you have everything you ever wanted. I mean, this company is thriving. You have a team, you have your name on books. You, I don't understand. And I said, I don't either, but I just feel so burned out. I feel so dry. Like, I feel like everything is sucking me dry and I don't have anything left for me or anything else left to give. And what we, what we decided to do was to focus on that 80, 20 rule of spending, you know, we were spending the majority of our time on our wholesale program that I had said yes to because everybody else did. So I thought that's how you did it, but it was taking so much of my time and attention. Whereas what I really, really cared about was connecting with women one-to-one with that end consumer who was purchasing our planners. I wanted to spend more of my time nurturing those relationships. Whereas I was spending my time handling retail store owners and distribution and all of these other things that had nothing to do with that core of who we were. So we made a very calculated decision to cut 40% of our revenue, which is terrifying. Um, We were able to keep our whole team We cut that revenue and by taking all of that time and attention and focusing it on what we truly, truly cared about and shaving off some margin for me to, you know, not be crazy all the time, um, we were able to double our revenue the following year. And so burnout has been pivotal for me. I mean, it was the the Simplified Planner was born out of burnout. Um, Our company's trajectory was solidified in seasons of burnout. So Yes, I know burnout very well. Um, and I've I've learned a lot of things over the years. But the most important thing, I think, is that being an entrepreneur requires so much grit and so much hustle and so much work and sacrifice. But if we're not balancing that out with actual soul care, with filling our hearts and minds and bodies with truths, with things that are unchanging, when the winds start to blow or you have infant babies at home and are in a just a tough season or a global pandemic happens, you're going to fall right over. So yes, many, yeah. many lessons learned in that That's department. good. You know what these remind me of? What's that? When you go to the store and you're like back in the day, you go to Best Buy and you'd like buy a new set of headphones and then have like samples of music clips you could listen to, to see if you really liked them. I feel like, yes, that's, I feel like that's what we're doing. It's so true. It's like the best hook of that song. And you're like, oh man, I have to listen to it. But it's, it's hard choosing. I mean, because we, I'd love to to literally just have about 10 episodes in a row where we talk about the highlights, but in terms of the highlight reel, um, there's many that didn't make it on this, but man, I just feel like these are principles we all need to be paying attention to from Emily, from others, uh, man, the good stuff. Well, yeah, you're right, Alan. It's like, it would be nice to have 
a bunch of episodes with just impact moments, but it's more intentional this way. So to continue in the sizzle reel and the highlight reel of the greatest hooks from the best episodes, who you got next? Next is Ashley Island. She's a thought leader, a pastor, and very important to realize as well, a mom of young children. And in episode 185, she talks about the tensions there and the challenges there in this season. Ashley chose to write a book on kindness. As we approached election season, as we approached what we didn't know would be coming in terms of racial upheaval, opinions being tossed to and fro anytime that people sort of want to online. And she talks about how to live with kindness in this moment in our divided nation. I think this is a incredibly timeless and timely message. So enjoy, wrestle with, and be challenged by these thoughts in episode 185 from Ashley Island. Why did you take on this huge topic of kindness? Well, I'll tell you what, I might be a little bit of both. Is it okay that I can claim a little bit of crazy and a little bit of of the prophetic? Mm -hmm. Um, Because when I was asked what I wanted to write about a couple of years ago, Alan, remember this was 2018 that I started writing. And so we were two years into this current presidential term. And I just remember being unsettled by how conversations were being had, not even necessarily the content of the conversations. I was so unsettled. It was like we were tearing at the fabric of each other's worthiness and humanity, and it was all fair game. And that bothered me. And so um, when a friend and my now agent uh, reached out and said, what do you want to write about? Without thinking, I said, kindness. Because I was anticipating that 2020 would be a divisive election year. And that's that's it. <laughs> that's an understatement, right? If divisive <laughs> is what you were thinking. That's right. <laughs> and that's, so the idea, the original intent was to introduce not even a third way, I think we throw that term around a lot, but to introduce a way of living and being with one another again that helped repair what has been broken um, in the way that we interact with and relate to one another. Um, And I wanted to do it specifically through storytelling because I believe there's a beauty and a power in telling the story that God's given each human here on earth to shine as a light to the world and to bear witness about who he is through that story. And so I think there's a a beauty in storytelling that I wanted to reclaim to help us with our empathy and to really see how God was was moving in and through our lives. And so that's why I wrote it as a story, my own story. But um, I did not anticipate pandemic and um, more visible racial tensions all of this colliding in this year. And so I had no idea the moment that this book was going to meet. It's really true. And her episode is still one of my favorites and I've listened to it a few times. And it's something that's deep for me. When you talk about, we probably live in one of the most unkind cultures in the world. And so to then take the proverbial coin and flip it and then write a book that's like the antithesis of where we are right now it was really, it was really profound. The conversation was phenomenal. Um, I really love that one. Like you said, it's hard. I love all the episodes, but we're allowed to, we're allowed to. Um, all right. what you got next? You keep blowing me away with your picks. I want to know what you got next. 
Megan Hyatt Miller. So you've heard of Michael Hyatt and she actually runs Michael Hyatt and company with her dad. Also important to Megan's story is that she is not only uh, a parent to children, but a parent to special needs children and a CEO at the same time. And so she continues to run the company. And in this episode, she talks about maybe what could be mind-blowing to a lot of people of getting off at three o'clock. Now, one reason that I love this episode is because it shaped me and challenged me. I was wrestling with uh, the fact of both my wife and I, as we work full-time and our kids are in such a formative stage, I was just wrestling with how do I help my wife to make this jump as well as some extra ministry things she's doing on the side, be fully supportive of her and also realize this is a crucial stage for our kids. And so I, I believe that this episode, thank you, Megan, for this, pushed me over the edge of saying it is possible to have great limits. She talks about putting constraints on our workday. And before we can actually figure out our next step of health and impact, I think we just have to hit the workday straight on. When does it begin? When does it end? Where does it live? And then within that, we can create growth in ourselves and other people, transformation in the world. But we've got to have those constraints when it starts and when it stops. She talks about healthy decisions. She talks about this double win that they talk a lot about at Hyatt and Company, which is winning at home, winning at work. I don't know about you, but if I'm going to cheat, not in terms of integrity, but in terms of time, it's going to be at work. I want to be fully present at home. I want to be dad, like fully engaged dad. I want to be husband, fully engaged husband. And I just loved this podcast. Challenging in so many ways. So good, so challenging in so many ways. Episode 195, Megan Hyatt Miller. What's it going to take to have the double win for the long haul? Right. Okay. So like I said, the first thing is you've got to get clear on what does that mean for you? What is your double win? Because yours is going to look different than mine. It's going to look different than Alan's. Like it's going to look different. Everybody has to sketch this out for themselves. And that's, we walk you through that in the book. Once you have that clear though, now how do we make it happen? Well, first of all, we've got to talk about constraining your workday. And this is the, you know, we talk in the book about the difference between a swamp and a river Mm. is banks, right? And a river has a lot of power. It, It can, it has a lot of force. And it can do a lot. A swamp is just stagnant and everywhere. And it's just kind of gross, right? Well, that's kind of like our life if we don't have hard edges. So we've got to constrain our day by deciding when are we going to stop work? And that is like a totally new concept for some of us. You you know, y'all are, some of y'all listening are like, wait, but how would I get it all done? You won't get it all done. This is where we have to start really thinking about what's most important to get done because not everything you're doing is giving you the same leverage in your organization or the same kind of results. And so we have to get really clear about that. But we we start to get clear by putting those constraints. Now we have to think about it, right? So, for example, my workday is from 9 to 3. Yours might be from 8 to 6 or 9 to 5 or whatever. The, The time doesn't matter so much as that you decide and you put the hard edges in place. So constraints are are kind of like, you know, battleground number one. Um, the next thing is to schedule what matters. So I talked about non-negotiables earlier in those three categories, self-care, relational priorities, and professional results. Well, mm-hmm. you know, those only matter to the extent that you get those on your calendar. I don't know if you guys remember, but um, Stephen Covey had that. You can even find this on YouTube. It's like a terrible old quality video from, I think, the 80s of him doing this demonstration of what he called the big rocks. 
and he has this glass cylinder that's probably classic. 12 inches across, you know, so classic. And he puts in, he's, he's trying to demonstrate, okay, let's start with the biggest rocks first and see how much of this stuff we can fit in. So he puts in these big, you know, probably like four inch rocks. And then he puts in some smaller rocks that are maybe an inch or two in diameter. And then he puts in some pebbles and then he puts in some sand and he has all this kind of pre-measured out. It all fits in there. Well, then he says, okay, let's reverse it. Let's try to put in the sand first and then the pebbles and then the small rocks and the big rocks. Well, as you can imagine, it doesn't fit. You know, once you put all the little stuff in first, it creates this solid mass at the bottom and there's no room for those rocks to to fit in. And that's just like our life. You know, we have to schedule the big rocks. We have to schedule our priorities, our non-negotiables first in all three of those areas. When we do that, what we find is they all fit. They all fit. What there's not necessarily going to be room for are the pebbles and the sand. And that's okay because those aren't delivering what the big rocks are anyway. But that's a a big part of it. So those are just a couple ways that we begin and we go in depth in exactly how to do this. And we share tools and things like that in the book. Um, But for how do you start to begin to craft this double win in your life? All right, all right, all right. We're going to round out this top five. Thanks, Matthew McConaughey. Not only a terrible Matthew McConaughey impersonation, but... We've got one more in this series, and I know it's hard, and you feel like we're kind of bringing the plane into land. We've listened to it. One more very meaningful episode to you that you would like to share with us so that we can forget about what I just did with Matthew McConaughey. Alan, what is your fifth and final, but not last, episode clip? For your last selection coming to you is Daniel Harkavy. Daniel is first of all, just an incredible man. And uh, he's an amazing executive coach. But I was so impressed by how grounded he is as he leads his company. And he's talking about building champions. He's been doing this for years. And yet he, like everyone else, had to shift in some amazing ways, some hard ways in this past season. And we talk about healthy decisions. So as two coaches talking, I'll say I can geek out with some other leadership and executive coaches. We're talking about healthy decisions. And I believe that a healthy life is built by stacking a series of healthy decisions. We call those rhythms, decisions you've made ahead of time, proactively each day and each week. And he just hits this so beautifully. So we're going to hear from Daniel Harkavy about healthy decisions and friends, the humility we must have. We do not know it all. And that is indeed good news. Hear this straight from the horse's mouth, Daniel Harkavy episode 202. Give us a couple things. Zoom into that, Daniel. What are a couple principles that a leader can take away for improving decisions right now? So let's make sure that that everyone listening right now understands what you just said. Um, Decisions and influence, okay? This is a statement that I've been saying for six years and testing with all sorts of leaders. And what I say, I say, Alan, a leader's effectiveness is determined by just two things, the decisions they make and the influence they have. End of story. Wow. Challenge me on it. Challenge me on it. And I've sat with all sorts of leaders, whether it be, you know, founder of Ritz-Carlton Hotels, Horst Schultze, uh, former CEO of Home Depot and now chairman of Delta Airlines, Frank Blake, Martin Dom, all these leaders. And all of them think about it and And then they respond. And many of them are in the book. I've got like 20 or so of those leaders who all contributed their stories and why they see the different perspectives being critical for leadership. That's why I'm really um, excited about the book is I think the model absolutely works, but I love reading their stories. 
So, so here's what happens. Today's times, there's no such thing as a, a know-it-all leader. You know, 15 years ago, I called that leader the superhero leader. You think you need to have all the answers and need to be the brightest one in the room. And, and truthfully, that's birthed out of my own journey. In my own insecurities, in my own leadership journey, there was a time where I actually believed if I didn't have the answers, we'd fail. And that really followed me all the way into my 40s. 46 years old, I realized I'm doing my annual Sabbath day. I, I do this life planning thing. And, you know, you had Megan Hyatt on, on one of your podcasts. Hello, Megan. I love you and your daddy and your family. But Michael was a client of mine for years, and he and I wrote uh, Living Forward and Life Planning. And, and, and every year at the end of the year, I do what I say in that book, which is go away and write my life plan. And I reflect on the year past. Well, when I was 46, the big lesson as I was reflecting was, Daniel, you just don't know that much. Kind of an idiot. You don't know it all. And it was liberating. And uh, that was really when I think I made a shift to understand that my job was never to know it all. My job was to see where we were going and then to surround myself with the best people who are smarter than I am. And then to ask a whole bunch of questions of them so that I could incorporate the intelligence needed to make the best decisions or to point to the person who needed to make the best decision because very rarely is it me. I make decisions on big magnitude things, magnitude of order, big strategic relationship. That's my job as a CEO. But uh, I need everybody's input and I need a whole bunch of decision makers to lead an organization. So leaders today, you make really great decisions if you have intentional curiosity. Mm. You're humble, which makes you curious. I get to spend time with amazing leaders and I'll tell you what, they're just fantastic questioners. Mm. There's a, a, a saying that I say often, I heard this quote from a Nobel Peace Prize winner, Najib Booz, and he says, you can tell a man is wise not by the answers that he gives, but by the questions that he asks. You want to make great decisions? You really think about the questions and who you're going to ask them of, where you're going to look. And I say there's seven perspectives that you need to really be looking at with intentional curiosity in order to make better decisions. If you do, your influence grows. That's the book. Well, friends, now's the time when we sign off from part one of our two-part series of our favorite moments, the sizzle reels, as you would like to call them, Alan, we're excited to share these with you. Um, so stay tuned on the next episode. We're going to flip the script. Alan's going to put the spotlight on me and pin me down to five clips. And it's difficult, but I'm excited to share a moment with you guys. Thank you for tracking along. Thank you for listening. Um, you guys make it possible for us to produce these episodes and curate and cultivate these conversations. I want to give you an opportunity as we sign off. You can find the information in the show notes. Head over to Facebook and check out Stay Forth Designs and then join the Right Setup community. There's 900 people in there all taking their next right steps together to continue to pursue health so they can reach more impact. Um, we have created a safe space for people to come together, learn together, grow together. Our team hangs out there and we would love to have you come track along with us and let us learn a little bit more about you. So head over there. You can find the information in the show notes. You guys keep taking your next right step and we'll see you on the next episode of the podcast. Shot, shot, we ain't focused so long.